Carolina converts here. I think this game, Kenny, is going to be out of reach because no timeouts. Allen on third down, escapes, and now throws. It is caught. Wright makes the catch. Allen nearly sacked. Able to stay on his feet and make the throw. How about Kyle Allen? 2 0. Dude's looking Two road wins. Can watch yourself. Watch yourself, can. Welcome in, guys. This is the South Lot Football Guys podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Evan Newberger, here with Robbie Larson and Adam Sidek, as always. Uh, getting ready to get into week five here, guys. Get those picks going. Um, how's everybody doing? Got to put week four behind. That's right. Uh, not, look not ahead. Our, not our best. Not our best. Um, let's. Uh, We're on to Cincinnati. Yeah, Except yeah. for we're not on to betting <laughs> on them. We need to get <laughs> off the Bengals. We need to have an intervention about the Bengals. Um. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's let's start off with some news and notes. So uh, we'll, we'll keep it in the AFC East here. Um, first in Buffalo, uh, Josh Allen took a big hit last week. Um, pretty dirty play. And, uh, you know, right now he's still in concussion protocol, did not practice today. At this point, I'd be surprised if he played on uh, – Sunday, so we'll have to monitor that throughout the next couple of days. But um, yeah, I mean, you got to think if uh, Josh Allen's not going to be able to go, Titans are going to be able to have their way with that uh, Matt Barkley-led offense for the Bills. Then, uh, as far as the Jets go, and Sam Darnold uh, still battling through that uh, mononucleosis. <laughs> um, right now, the latest report is he's still not cleared for contact, so. Again, this is one I, I'm I'm going to be real shocked if he's able to suit up on Sunday. So, uh, you know, it's going to be Luke Falk, uh, again, uh, taking on the Eagles there. So uh, we'll see. But, yeah, Jets are going to have their hands full as long as uh, Luke Falk is the starter. So, all right, guys, with that, uh, why don't we get into our week four recap? Um, you know, last week with the uh, the locks, we were one and two. Um, we'll start with the good. So, uh, I had Texans and Panthers under that, that hit by, uh, quite a bit. So the over under was at 47. Uh, it was a low scoring game. So that felt good. So, uh, you know, we'll hit the cha-ching there. We like that. There we go. Robbie's on it. There it is. All right. All right. Uh, Robbie, Robbie, what'd you have? Uh, I had Seahawks Cardinals, uh, over 48. So yeah, that that didn't even come close. The Cardinals, <laughs> I thought they'd keep it a little bit more competitive, but they were just absolutely shut down. Yeah, and I had the Packers minus four on Thursday Night Football. So oh, that yeah. got us all. That's a really yeah, it, hurt. I mean, a couple a couple chances to cover that. They didn't want it. They didn't want it. Yeah, yeah they didn't want to run the ball. Stuff. Jimmy Graham. Uh, how many drops in that game? Just he just couldn't catch the ball. Nah. Every time they went to him. Yeah, that was a frustrating game. That uh, that took us out of our parlays early. That was that was a rough way to start the week. But you know what? We got a uh, we got Rams Seahawks tomorrow. We're we're looking to bounce back, guys. Um, we got one of those, so hopefully we're going to start the week off good this time. That's what I'm saying. But uh, why don't we get into our uh, our week four surprises here? Um, I know for me, I was really impressed with the way that uh, Jacksonville went into Denver. 
and just, you know, ran it down the, the throats of the Broncos. Uh, Fournette had a monster game. Minshew, you know, continues to manage the game effectively and limit turnovers. Um, this team's rolling right now. They're looking real solid. Um, you know, they they continue to impress me. I, I'm, I have my eyes on them. That's, you know, when I think about that AFC South, it's it's very up for grabs as far as I'm concerned, and and why not this uh, Gardner Minshew led uh, Jacksonville team? I I I don't see any reason why they can't do it. Have you guys heard that um they're the Jack Jaguars are offering up free mustaches and bandanas if you buy tickets to their next two home games? I did not hear this. Oh, what a promotion! Awesome PR move. <laughs> I love them just like leaning into this Minshew mania right now. It's oh, you awesome. have to. So it's what it's marketing gold. I mean, how how long is Nick Foles out with the collarbone? Uh, what, he's on IR, so it was minimum eight weeks, right? Yeah. I mean, if he comes back, are they going to go back? Are they going to go to him? I was thinking about that today. I don't think that's been decided Probably yet. Probably too early yeah, to tell. It's, but. Too, it's too early to tell, but I think if he keeps playing like this and, and they keep winning, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, they keep Minshew in there. I mean, he's the young guy, uh, you know, friendly contract it's very advantageous uh for them to to uh you know nurture him along and and uh get him to be the starter if he's if he's up to it so yeah it's interesting to see if they do win a couple more games what happens with Jalen Ramsey and you know if he decides to sort of you know mend mend the ties and get back in there yeah or if it's just over for him in, in Jacksonville I don't know yeah can can you really come back at this point and you can you can always come back. You can all, we found that out. You can always come back. You can always come back. Yeah. So uh, on the flip side, though, guys, um, another another one of our letdowns from last week. Uh, the Texans. I I don't know. Bill O'Brien. Uh, the guy's in a play calling funk. You got DeAndre Hopkins out here throwing picks. Um, that was one, that was the worst play call I've seen this year. You know, I was so upset. That that old line is still an issue. Um, I know they brought in Tunsil, but you know, Watson's still running for his life. Um, they're they can't run the ball. Um, they missed on a couple of deep balls, though. Just missed, yeah. like off fingertips. I, I think they're going to be fine. I think so. Yeah, I'm I'm worried about this team. Um, slow start, and you know, if if you can't protect the quarterback and you can't run the ball. Could be uh, up for a world of hurt here. So, yeah, Texans, uh, I'm a little worried about. But, uh, Adam, take us through your uh, week four surprises. Uh, I mean, it's the other side of the ball in that game. It's the Carolina Panthers. Um, this is a team that sort of sort of had their way with the Texans up front. Um, Kyle Allen really impressed me. Uh, his ability to, you know, stand in the pocket and seem very calm and then drive the ball downfield. He had a, – a, Way better arm than I expected because I'm, I'm obviously hadn't seen a lot of Kyle Allen, um, but yeah, he he really looked like an NFL quarterback out there, and you know the team's got the re- the weapons. Christian McCaffrey's looking like the best running back in the league out there. Um, yeah, they were really impressive uh, when they're on the road, and they, I mean they had a couple costly turnovers too. They they overcame uh, they overcame that, and they they really impressed me. Big, it, biggest surprise for me is that a low key top five defense of the league. Because they're really looking pretty good as a unit. I don't know about top five. I th- I, th- I think they're pretty good. They're, I mean, they're, like, they're, I, I think people are very good undervaluing them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, Luke Keekley is as solid as they come. Uh, man in the middle of that defense. And uh, like you said, Ron Rivera uh, coaching that team up. 
Yeah, he's he's one of the best in the NFL. So you know, it's a solid scheme, and uh, yeah, I mean they're playing good football right now. So uh, you know, we'll see if they can keep it rolling. But yeah, they're gonna have to keep leaning on the defense as long as Cam's out, though. Uh, Adam, how about on the flip side? Uh, this is the team we need to group intervention on, <laughs> and I need it the most. <laughs> the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you know, you couldn't ask for like a better matchup on the road against the Steelers for the last, you know decade and a half you're going up against uh, mason rudolph you know they don't have a star running back like they've had for a while ab's not there anymore and they went out and completely laid an egg um i mean just terrible both sides of the ball offense didn't have any rhythm uh their old line that was brutal having to watch that um i know they had a couple injuries but that was that was just pathetic um yeah, so not not looking good for the Bengals. Uh, I mean, if there's any week to bounce back, which they they really need to, it's against the Cardinals this week. But uh, yeah, not not good performance there. You saw a lot of prime time Andy Dalton in that game too. Yeah, yeah, that um, I I had a hard time assessing that game when I was watching it because on one hand I was looking at Andy Dalton and I was like, you know, he's making some really bad throws there, uh, some bad decisions. But on the other hand. I can't blame him for you know feeling the need to get the ball out quick because um, he was under duress the entire game and O line was break you know there were breakdowns left and right um, so yeah you know we'll we'll see if he bounces back much easier test this week um, hosting the Cardinals at home we'll get into that game a little bit uh, but yeah I'm looking to see if they can bounce back all right Robbie uh, get, take us through your week four surprises for me the the biggest surprise. <laughs> was uh, the Chicago Bears. They come right before the game see that, well, Keem Hicks not playing, um, Roquan Smith not in the plane either, which was a huge shock to me. Hey, don't um, talk about that. It's personal. It, it's a personal thing. <laughs> and then you see Mitch go down on maybe his the second play of the game, and I, honestly, I was just thinking there's no way that they, they come out, pull out a victory, but, you know, Chase, Chase Daniel, he... he Played pretty well for first half at least, and being able to just get enough so that that Bears defense they they just absolutely shut down even with a bunch of uh, backups, if you will. You know they played pretty well. Um, I, I was pretty impressed by that. Yeah, it's a great matchup for the Bears last week. Yeah, I mean they Vikings couldn't do anything. It was it was, it was great to watch if you like defense. Right, right. You know the thing with the Bears is too they. They know, uh, obviously, that defense is um, top three in the NFL, if not number one. And, uh, you know, if they get up two scores on you, they're fine sitting on a lead and just eating clock with the running game. And, and kind of just it's it's a race against the clock at that point because um, they'll let you dink and dunk down the field. But, you know, it's it's going to eat up clock to come back on the Bears and uh, – you know they're they're not going to let you in the end zone. So uh, yeah, ultimately Bears were kind of able to sit on the lead in the second half of that game and outlast them. Uh, I I picked Vikings money line on the podcast last week. I I thought it was really lining up well for them. I thought they'd be able to run the ball against the Bears. <laughs> uh, couldn't have been further from the truth. Delvin Cook couldn't get anything going all all day. And uh, yeah, impressive one for sure. Uh, I agree with you, Robbie. They impressed me. Yeah, and the team that didn't impress me was the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Uh, they looked to be set up to have a good game against the Browns, and 
didn't really get anything going offensively until late, and the Browns were able to capitalize uh, a couple times, and uh, just eventually Nick Chubb just ran away with it. That that Ravens defense is not looking good. I'm not so sure if the offense has been can really get it together. It's it's it just looked like a bad week last week. Adam, your rebuttal. <laughs> uh, and I actually, I mean, I, I watched this game last night, and, and then they moved the ball offensively all game. Um, they had a couple drives stall out for ridiculous reasons. Um, you know, wide open down the field. The guy has a toe out of bounds. Oh, uh, Mark Ingram yeah. fumble. Like, they, they just had a bunch of bad things happen to them that weren't indicative of how they played as a team. Um, and a couple of those being... Uh, Nick Chubb, 80-yard run where the safety, like, I don't know what this guy was thinking. Blew his gap. But I, I think this, this team is much better than, and they played much better than that scoreline says. I'm not worried at all about the Ravens, especially offensively. They moved the ball at will on that team. The scoreboard didn't reflect it. All right. Well, guys, uh, that'll do it for our surprises. Let's get into Fugazi or For Real. All right, uh, Adam, why don't you take us through uh, your uh, Fugazi for reals for the week? Okay, uh, first one we're going to go with the uh, the boom candidate. It was Jordan Howard. Uh, huge game on Thursday night. You know, they, they even used him in the passing game uh, and he caught a touchdown. He, he, looked, he looked pretty adequate out there. Uh, I think I... I it's not a Fugazi or for real. I think he's somewhere in the middle, um, especially for fantasy. I think you could see him put up games like this going forward, but you know you might see him not featured in a certain game depending on the matchup. Uh, if they feel like they can pound the ball, run a heavy O style, I think you might see Jordan Howard have a couple big games this year if they decide to go with that. Yeah, you know, the thing with Jordan Howard, um, you know, that was a close game throughout last week against the Packers. If the... Uh, if the Eagles ever find themselves trailing points, though, you know that's a guy that can get game scripted out pretty quick. Um, you know, if they're if they're down, uh, probably anything more than seven points in the second half, you, you're going to see a lot of Darren Sproles in there and Miles Sanders, um, and yeah, a lot less Jordan Howard. But on the flip side, uh, good game script though. You know, you can see the Eagles just leaning on Jordan Howard real heavy, and uh, it is nice to see him get involved in the passing game a little bit. Mm. Um, they haven't really had a back like him there for a while, just like a big right. sort of bruiser, guy you can feed the ball 20 times. Right. He almost gets better as he goes. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's. I think it's really good news for Eagles fans. Um, they are running the ball well. Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard are both looking good. That, that looks like a very solid uh, backfield that they have here. And, you know, if, if you're able to kind of have that one-two punch like that, both guys are really running the ball well. Um, you know that can that can go a long way in this league. So we'll we'll see if they can keep it going this week against the Jets. Um, I know for my boom, uh, I had a uh, Chris Godwin, and uh, I I definitely think that performance was for real. Um, this is a guy that you know Bruce Arians was highly touting in the off season. Um, you know. People were wondering if uh, Chris Godwin was kind of all hype, or if you know the the production was going to back it up. Obviously, there was a ton of hype this off season, but um, you know, I think this week in a big game against a big time opponent on the road, no less uh, against the Rams, 
Um, really balled out in a big way. Uh, very impressed with his performance. Uh, sky's the limit for this kid. Um, you know, especially with the weapons they have in that offense, it's hard to tilt the field to one side. Uh, I, I think he, him and Mike Evans uh, can really keep this going uh, this year. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see if, if Jameis is able to limit the turnovers and, and uh, you know, continue to play well at the quarterback position. Um, you know, you could, you could see uh, multiple 1,200-yard seasons here, I think. Uh, you know, they're both going to have big games. Sometimes I think you're going to see one featured – over the other, but, um, you know, uh, I, I, I really think Chris Godwin, uh, is, is a solid player and is up for some big things here. Yeah. I mean, sizes are a little different, but he sort of reminds me of Antoine Bolton, you know, just extremely strong with the ball in his hands. Uh, good hands, good route runner may not take the, the top off the defense, but, uh, yeah, him and Mike Evans, them two, probably the best duo in the league. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say so. Yeah. Uh, Robbie, what do you have for us? Who's your boom? My boom is going to be Wayne Gallman, and this is going to be probably low-hanging fruit because it's uh, Fugazi to me. Um, if you had him last week, hey, congrats. You got a nice RB1 out of it, um, but he's not going to do that again. He's got He's going up against the Vikings defense this week, and then I believe next week he's got the Patriots on Thursday night. You mean Saquon's got the Patriots. But, yeah, that's exactly the thing. Apparently Saquon's looking pretty good, and he's ready to get back at it, which, I mean, I don't know if the Giants should do that, but. Oh, come on. America needs Saquon Thursday night. Do you think they're, like, pushing Versus. for the playoffs or something? Oh, Dave Gettleman. I don't see that's any the only reason to rush Saquon back. They shouldn't play him on Thursday night against the Patriots, but he might. So, that I think Wayne Gallman, that, that one you got one good week out of him. All right. We'll go snake draft here. Robbie, give us your bust. Bust is a guy that you probably drafted real early on, and that's DeAndre Hopkins. Um, this Texans uh, offense has just not been really getting it done lately. And I, I've i got to say this has got to be a Fugazi. You know? um, he's going to get – he's the targets are coming to him. The, the targets are there. What, um, what about the passing touchdowns? The passing, Bill passing, more the passing interceptions are there. <laughs> that, that's that's one thing. I mean, he had eight targets, five receptions for forty-one yards, and threw a pick. That's uh, I don't know what Bill O'Brien's doing, but um, if you do remember last year, Texans had a kind of slow start, and you're kind of wondering if Bill O'Brien was going to be on the hot seat, and then all of a sudden they just came out firing. So I'm, I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised if that comes soon. You just got to hold tight with him, uh, and he'll be okay. Yeah, for for me, um, my guy, my disappointment for the week, I think a lot of people um, were relying on uh, this guy in a favorable matchup, no less, uh, Case Keenum. Uh, people were picking him up off of waiver wires and fantasy leagues to start him against the Giants. And, uh, you know, he was, he was missing throws, wound up getting yanked for Dwayne Haskins. Now, he isn't a walking boot, so it might have been injury-related, but... Uh, you know, when walking when uh, <laughs> when watching that game, uh, he was clearly uh off, looked real bad against the Bears uh a week before too. Uh, I'm I'm saying this right now. I think this is for real. I think Case Keenum's days as a starter in the NFL are done. Um, you know, he's he's already kind of in the twilight of his career. Uh, I'm not seeing it anymore. Um, you know. 
it was a good run while it lasted. Uh, I think more than anything, that season, that magical season in uh, Minnesota was one big fugazi. Mm-hmm. Did I get? Did you guys? Uh, I don't think I mentioned that. I ended up winning the the one league I started Case Keenum in. <laughs> ended up winning it. You won. I had I had eleventh. <laughs> most points scored and beat out the 12th most. Oh, didn't he have <laughs> negative points? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was uh, not good. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> sometimes other things go right. Better lucky than good, I guess. Yeah. All right, Adam. Uh, finish us off here. Who's your bust? Uh, my bust is the beloved Dakota Prescott. Oh, uh, hurts me Ooh. to say that. Uh, you know, the first three weeks, Dak was looking like an MVP candidate. Um, you know, n- not missing on any throws. He had all the time in the world. It was almost like it was a seven-on-seven drill for them. Like, last week um, was a different story uh, in the Superdome. You know, they, he didn't have all the time in the world. A lot of pressure in his face. Couldn't really run the ball. Um, sort of made Dak Prescott try to win the game, and he, he struggled a little bit. And then I know... You know, a couple fumbles here didn't didn't help them. Captain America out there fumbling. Yeah, <laughs> um, Zeke had a fumble, but um, yeah, it wasn't a wasn't a good performance. Um, but I, I think it's I think it's more of a fugazi. I, I, I still trust this offense. Uh, trust in trust in Dak. He'll pull through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we kind of called that one last week. Even uh, we kind of said that this was the first uh, kind of upper echelon defense Dak was going to play. I mean. He was essentially, uh, you know, if we think about Dak's days in the SEC, he pretty much went up against Vanderbilt <laughs> for those first three weeks. Well, last week he got uh, he got Bama, so <laughs> uh, you know we'll, we'll see attack. we'll see what he's looking at, what he looks like here against the Pack. Um, another defense that's looked pretty good, although they faltered uh, at home against the Eagles last week. So uh, you know, should be interesting to see if he can bounce back. But um, yeah, yeah, you know. Still, uh, I thought that was a great game, though. That was probably my favorite game to watch of the weekend. Absolutely. I mean, you know, a lot of people might think a, a 12-10 final is boring, but, yeah, those are those are two really solid teams facing off right there. So, All right, guys, uh, let's get into a little buy or sell. Um, I'll start it off. I want to know your guys' thoughts because right now I'm, I've watched a lot of the Detroit Lions and I'm buying them as a contender uh, for the playoffs in, in the NFC North. And, uh, you know, the way this team has looked, that Matt Patricia defense is really starting to come together. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, you know, they have a lot of playmakers that they can lean on. Um, you know, they, they played the Chiefs extremely well last weekend, and they lost that game due to a plethora of mistakes and just plays that didn't go their way. Um, 100-yard fo- fumble recovery by the Chiefs. Yeah, they had two fumbles within like the five-yard line. So right. um, yeah, that game could have gone uh, well, very differently for that team. Um, that was their first loss on the season. That game um, you know, that they played in Arizona to start the year seems like a distant memory right now, um, the fact that they tied that game. Uh, I-, I think this team is for real i'm buying them as a contender bye yeah absolutely um this is a team that probably should be 4-0 yeah. and um when i look at this team i i don't see any glaring weakness i mean on either side of the ball um matthew stafford seems like he's really playing well with a revamped run game um sort of 
giving him a little bit more time to work with and a little bit more open space there in the secondary. I I agree with you. This is a contending team in the NFC. Yeah. Kenny Galladay really, really coming into his own, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, Robbie, who, uh, who's your buy or sell? So I've got the Falcons on the slow start. Are you guys buying or selling into that slow start? This feels like a double negative. So are they going to? Are you going to buy in the fact that they're going to continue this? So awful I think the Falcons suck. So okay. am I buying? You're buying. Okay, yeah, I, I am buying on that. That 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 is a bad team. Uh, they have really disappointed me because this is a team I was high on coming into the year. Um, and we were talking about this last weekend, just how important uh, trench play is in the NFL, and it got the the defensive and offensive line for the Falcons. On the defensive side of the ball, they're not getting any push uh, by their playmakers. Um, you, you got guys on the outside like Vic Beasley and Tack McKinley. Um, you know that they put a lot of draft capital in that aren't doing anything on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know they're they can't protect Matt Ryan. They can't run the ball well. That that all line is just falling apart. You know if you can't win in the trenches, then you're gonna have a hard time winning games in the NFL. So yeah, I'm buying. I don't think this Falcons team is very good. Buy yourself. I'm buying that. I don't believe in this Falcons team. Okay. Um, for a lot of the reasons Evan said, this defense can't his, cannot tackle in open space, um, allowing big plays every week. And then offensively, I I, I mean the old lines bad, but they just seem like out of funk. I don't. I don't know. Um, I feel like they can probably write the ship offensively, but I'm still selling on this team because the defense is not good. I mean, you can have all the excuses in the world for injuries. This is this is two years now where we've seen this defense be pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna buy that the Falcons just just suck as well, and because Dan Quinn and uh, Dirk Cutter, I don't know what they're doing. Like they're, <laughs> you guys both kind of nailed it, but offense and defense is trash right now. They're absolutely garbage. They, and offset fences side of the ball, they got the pieces to be there, but they can't even get drives going until absolute garbage time. And this is a team that just looks like it's struggling so hard, and it's uh, it might be looking at a change of regime and a high draft pick this off season. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Um, you know, they uh, the Falcons are a team that's built to kind of take uh, shots in the intermediate and deep passing game. And right now that offensive line can't hold up long enough for Matt Ryan to do it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we're seeing some struggles as a result of it. Uh, Adam, what do you got for us? I sort of already touched on this earlier, but um, the Ravens two-game slide here, buy or sell. I'll I'll get a quick reaction from you guys and I'll I'll dive in. I'm kind of lukewarm on this. (laughs) So I, I went in hating on this team. Uh, to begin the year, I think they're better than I thought they were, but I do. I still don't think they're as good as you think they are. Uh, I I think they're. I think they're probably more indicative of what we've seen the past two weeks. But I I think like I think going into the year, I said this was like a below five hundred team. Uh, I'm gonna cool off on that a little bit. I I don't I don't think they're like a ten win team. I think they're right about 500. So um, for me, yeah, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm not really taking a side, but yeah. Okay. I'm going to buy into it that they're, this losing streak may continue. And um, honestly to me, it's uh, 
the week one beer goggles you get. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure you guys remember watching Red Zone in first quarter. You just see Lamar Jackson just throwing a bomb to Marquise Brown and, and then another one. And, you know, it's you just think, oh, wow, now you got Lamar Jackson. He actually can throw. And a lot of things that come out of week one, you may not realize it, but it kind of sticks with you a little more because it kind of changes your view on what you thought like real quickly. And looking at the film for the last two games for the Ravens, they just couldn't get anything going early. I mean, their run run game is great, but I'm not so sure about Lamar Jackson. He's I don't know if he's got the composure or something where early in the games, he's just missing easy throws. He's has a wide open Willie Sneed on the sidelines and he throws it wide so Willie Sneed tries to adjust and is out of bounds. Oh, come on. Yeah, that, that, ball, was, that oh, was a good God. ball. Yeah, that was a yeah, fine yeah. pass. That was not. No, I, that was a little wide. I, I, I don't know if you're watching the same film. I, I disagree with you on this. Actually, Lamar Robbie, Jackson yeah. was the best player on the field last week. I've, and I've, I, yeah. I, I, he, I, he, he became more comfortable in the second half. They only scored out there 53 points the last two weeks. They only scored 13 in the first half. And they're a team that runs first. And if you're and gonna they, be run, if you're a team that's built on the run, it's tough to come back the second half when you're down. Yeah, I'd I'd say, um, Adam, I think you were spot on earlier in the season when you said that this offense, uh, you know, was something different and could be something special. And I've I've kind of come around on that. I like a lot of what I'm seeing on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I think they're doing a lot with not exactly the highest talent. Uh, especially at the skill positions. Uh, so I've been very impressed, and I think a lot of that has to do with Lamar Jackson's play. I think he's been very solid. That being said, on the defensive side of the ball, I I, I think a lot of the concerns that I raised earlier in the year uh, we've seen play out the last two weeks, and um, that's where my concerns are going forward. But I, I do want to get your take on that. No, I mean, that's that's a fair argument. I, I, I completely disagree with um, you know, putting these two losses on Lamar, um, he he's been absolutely fantastic. Um, and I mean, even this last week, it wasn't the offense's fault they lost that game. It was uh, that that was a fugazi week for sure, and uh, they're gonna bounce back in a big way again. Offense has been doing enough, but you know, it's again he's doing a lot of this in garbage time. Yeah, Chiefs don't have a good defense either. I mean, if and they you, held if you them put to six points, points in the first half. Yeah. We love to get fired up over the Ravens, one guys. <laughs> we love we love the Bengals for some reason and getting fired up against about the Ravens. <laughs> AFC North, AFC North. North doesn't matter. <laughs> All right, uh, why don't we get into our next segment? Uh, the can't see me player of the week. Right before your very eyes, you won't even We're going to keep it with that Monday night game. Um, guys, Jalen Samuels, uh, one of the stranger stat lines you're going to see. Uh, first off, let's start off with the uh, – he was 3-for-3 three three passing the ball for 31 yards and a touchdown. Um, he had eight receptions on eight targets for 57 yards, and he ran the ball 10 times for 26 yards and scored a touchdown. So, pretty big game stat-wise. Uh, this was the first time the Steelers had really shown him as a heavy utilization in like a wildcat formation. 
all of his passing was uh, all those like tap passes to the likes of James Conner. Um, so that's how he was kind of getting those cheap yards there. But um, very, very different sort of play style. Uh, and it was interesting to see kind of him have such a big week. Granted that uh, Cincinnati uh, defense was, um, for lack of a, a better term, dog shit out there. <laughs> but but uh, still very interesting to see the way that uh, Tomlin uh, game planned for that. So interested to get your guys' thoughts. you think this is something that can uh, the Steelers can kind of roll with and continue going forward? I don't know about that. I, I think it, it's a, it might be a good idea for them to start kind of using these this tandem of running backs um i think defenses will start to catch on to this wildcat they're pulling they pulled off that game and i wouldn't expect it to last long but they could they could absolutely do it for a little bit maybe and um get a get a little bit more something going on the ground game because their their running game was not existent in before this game granted it was the Bengals, but yeah, I mean, I I think Jalen Samuels is a pretty decent player, and I, they should use him a little bit more than what they've been doing in the past. But as far as far as the Wildcat, I mean, he he did his best uh, Ronnie Brown impression. Oh, and, uh, no. but I, I think you're right. You know, with the week of film, defenses are going to start catching on to it. And I don't know if they have any, enough plays off that uh, off that formation to you know make that work long term. But uh, yeah, you might see it every now and then. But I, yeah, I think Jalen Samuels is a good player and deserves the. So they deserve some credit here. Wow, Ronnie Brown reference, War Eagle. Okay, that's a, that's, that's a blast from the past. A good one. That's fun. Uh, all right. Uh, before we get into Week Five, guys, uh, why don't we hear from our sponsors? Well, before you plan your next woodsy weekend, be sure to stock up at Kenneth's Outfitters. This outdoors outfitter originated in Everett, Washington, back in 1948. So you could be confident they have the experience to make you look like a logger. Kenneth's Outfitters boots are so expertly crafted that they offer solid support, but still allow for maximum movement to keep you footloose. Their shirts are made from the finest breathable materials that keep you cool, even if you're out playing some pickup football with the boys. Don't forget to grab a Kenneth's Outfitters emergency pack before you leave, just in case you find yourself in the danger zone. Feel all right and have nobody worry about you at Kenneth's Outfitters. Oh, boy. Thank you, Kenneth's Outfitters. Uh, again, we love all our sponsors who are keeping the lights on. So uh, another another just uh, fantastic establishment. So thank you. Thank you. All right, uh, guys, why don't we get into the Week 5 preview now. Um, started off with the Thursday night football game, a game I'm really excited for. The Los Angeles Rams are heading up to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. The Seahawks are actually a one-and-a-half-point favorite in this game, uh, much to my surprise. Robbie, give us your thoughts. Um, this is a, this is going to be a fun one to watch. It's you got the Ram, Rams going into Seattle, and you, you just saw the Rams come off this uh, little terrible defeat against the Buccaneers. Um and the Seahawks coming off a big victory of the Cardinals. But I think you could expect this to be a very tight game. Um, these are two teams that know each other well and two teams that lately have been competing for that top spot in the NFC West. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, this, this is going to be a close one. Um, personally, I, I really like the, the money on the, the Rams' money line. Um, with them as the dogs, 
Um, I think that that's absolutely fantastic value. Yeah, I was I was pretty shocked when I saw the line today. Seahawks favored it by a point and a half. Um, the Rams are a better team. I know they got a good home field advantage there in Seattle Thursday night. It's gonna be rocking there, but I, you know, the defense got a little bit exposed last week, but I think that was more of, you know, Tampa Bay just having good playmakers and they they balled out. But um, Seahawks, uh, they don't have as good as playmakers as Tampa. They're gonna try to run the ball. I don't know if they'll have the same success. Um, yeah, I, I think the Rams here just have enough have enough firepower to win win this game outright in Seattle. So yeah, I, I like the I like the Rams money line. Yeah, when I think about um, these games that have taken place in the past uh, between the Rams and the Seahawks, kind of in recent history, since the Rams have had their resurgence, um, Seahawks have played them really close. But a lot of the reasoning behind that was uh, stellar defensive performances by the Seahawks uh, kind of keeping in check the Rams' offense. And then, you know, Russell Wilson uh, also being able to put some points up on his own. What's different this year is that Seahawks' defense is far worse than it has been in previous years. I expect the Rams to bounce back in a big way after a disappointing performance against the Buccaneers last week at home. I think the Rams get it right. I think Goff has a big game, and uh, we're going to see the Rams uh, win this one outright. I'm with you guys. I'm a big fan of Rams money line this week. Yeah, the one thing that concerns me a little bit about the Rams is that uh, the Seahawks front, they, they've they been pretty good, especially with the addition of Davion Clowney. And if they're able to stop Gurley, it might make it a little tougher for Goff to get a rhythm going throwing. But I still think Rams are going to be okay in that situation and be able to do well. Yeah, I'm seeing a breakout game for Todd Gurley this week. You are? I think, yeah, I think I think he's going to silence a lot of the uh, – the noise about him and you know sort of slow start um i i think he's still the same player he's been and uh you know he's he's going to he's going to ball out Thursday night yeah uh i'm i'm really interested to see i mean i think for the Seahawks to have a chance here it's it's going to have to be kind of a ball control uh heavy running type of game for them they're going to have to have success early on in the game, running the ball, heavy doses of Chris Carson. I think it'd be uh, really helpful for them if they could get Rashad Penny to suit up, kind of give him a good change of pace. And, uh, you know, they're, they're going to need a few big plays from uh, Russell Wilson uh, in the passing game, whether it be the Lockett or Disley or even uh, DK Metcalf. Um, you know, I think in order to keep up with the Rams in this one, though, you're going to have to see some big plays, so... Uh, we'll see how it plays out, but yeah, we're we're all on uh, Rams money line. All right, game two, guys. We have the Jacksonville Jaguars heading to Carolina to take on the Panthers. Panthers are three and a half point favorites at home. A great quarterback battle here, guys. Nobody would have seen this going into the year. Gardner Minshew versus Kyle Allen. Uh, Adam, break it down for us. You know this one is this one's gonna be fun to watch if you like uh, spunky quarterbacks, but uh, <laughs> I, I like the Panthers here. I think you know going into the year, you, you sort of didn't know what the offense was gonna be. Um, you know, Cam Newton, you know, he great quarterback, but I think with Kyle Allen in there, they get a little bit more of an identity with what they are. Um, you know, pound a rock, run a little play action, throw the ball deep, um, get 
get the playmakers involved and uh you know it's worked out for them and i think they uh you know going up against a tough d in jacksonville but i think they have enough to you know score enough points to win the game and keep the defense is going to keep them in it i don't see the jags offense really exploding for much and uh it could be a low scoring game but i think they uh get the job done and cover here at home yeah i'd agree with you this is this just looks like a game of two good defenses to me and with again with all the hype of Minshew and uh, Kyle Allen lately, um, I think they're both going to have a little bit of a struggle going in against these guys. Um, yeah, I I I'm leaning that the that it's going to be since it's low scoring that the Jags might keep it within three. That three and a, that extra half is kind of pushing it over to the Jags for me. Um, but um, I I do think the Panthers are going to come out victorious out of this one at home. Yeah, uh, you know, for me, I'm, I'm leaning Jags. I almost took a money line. I, I just kind of think that uh, they're the more dynamic team on the offensive side of the ball. Believe it or not, um, if Leonard Fournette can run the ball like he did last week, this team's gonna be really tough to stop. Uh, I think it's it's a kind of a strength against strength matchup. Carolina Panthers have a good run D. I think whoever wins that battle is going to win the game. Regardless of that, though, I think it's going to be a really close, low scoring game. And you know, with that in mind, three and a half just seems like a lot for a Panthers team that has looked good the last two weeks, but. Um, it hasn't exactly blown the doors off anybody either. Um, I mean, they, they beat the Cardinals, but, yeah, the Cardinals aren't exactly an impressive team. This is a very different Jaguars squad. I think it'll be a close game. Three and a half is a little bit too much, uh, so I'm taking the Jags. Yeah, they, they just squeaked it out against the Texans too. Yep. yep. Yeah, it'll be a good week to see both these quarterbacks try to prove it against some pretty good defenses. Yeah. I, um, I – lean pretty heavy on the uh under in this game at 41 i i have a hard time seeing uh, you know a lot of points being put up here but we'll see all right uh game three we've got uh the patriots heading into washington to uh, take on the redskins and uh, the redskins are 15 point dogs at home that'll tell you the state of the redskins right now um Robbie, why don't you start us off? Yeah, 15-point dogs at home going against the Patriots. and No, I'm just kidding. It's not a trap. Patriots are going to win this absolutely <laughs> single-handedly. This is Redskins. They're going without Case Keenum when uh, Dwayne Haskins came in last game. He just looked uh, – he still looked a little raw, and honestly, he didn't look really ready to take over the um, NFL experience right quite yet to me and um i don't think they i i assume they're just going with dwayne haskins i mean there could be a chance colt mccoy comes out there right i mean bill belichick says they're game planning for all three quarterbacks and he says they all look pretty like really good guys i don't I'm think not, it matters i mean <laughs> honestly i don't think it matters point. i think the patriots are going to just be able to run away with this um is this is this the game side that sony gets back on track don't make me jinx it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I hope so. And uh, you know, they've they've struggled. You know, with Devlin out, um, they lost Isaiah Wynn earlier in the year. Um, I'm forgetting they had another guard go down. But you know, they've been struggling to run the ball. Um, 
it's been a little bit alarming, but this is a uh, a team a team that they should be able to run the ball on cons- with consistency. And I'm you know the, Tom Brady did not really look that good against the Bills. Granted, they got probably top five defense in the league. Um, I think Tom, more so than a running game, is going to have a real bounce back game, and you might see him go off for three, four touchdowns. With that in mind, um, Ben Watson coming back this week for the Patriots off the suspension. Um, you think he might get involved uh, as an additional weapon in the passing game? He's going to help them in the running game because they didn't have a tight end out there for most of their sets, um, and that's not what they've done in the past. And you know, it's hard to run the ball without a a good tight end. So I think he's going to help them more so in the running game than a passing game. But yeah, you might see a couple couple touchdowns. I don't think he's going to be more of a yard producer though. Okay. Yeah, I don't really see him yeah, getting a whole lot of action, um, at least stat-wise for fantasy. Um, that's definitely somebody it would be a wait and see. But, um, I mean, I guess adding to the point, uh, Josh Norman's still been limited this week. so Hasn't um, even been playing that good when he has been on the field. Hasn't even been playing that good. So, I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you that this could be a pretty big Brady week. Yeah, guys, I don't have much to add outside of what you already stated. Um, I think the Patriots are going to have their their way uh, on both sides of the ball. Um, that, that Patriots defense has continued to impress me. And, uh, you know, this Redskins defense can't stop anybody. Um, so, yeah, I think Tom Brady Tom Brady gets back on track here after a tough week in Buffalo. Um, I'm, I'm picking the Patriots to cover the 15 here. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of points, but I feel real good about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we're all on the Patriots here. I agree. All right, guys. Uh, next game we have the Buffalo Bills heading to Nashville to take on the Titans. Uh, Titans are a three-point favorite at home. Uh, as of right now, um, as we touched on earlier, still no indication yet whether or not Josh Allen is going to start or not. you got to think that line's going to move in a big way towards the Titans if uh, Josh Allen is out. Um Adam, why don't you start us off here? What are your thoughts on this game? Uh, you know, I, I this, this is going to be an interesting game because it's two teams sort of playing with the same type of uh, same same type of game style. They want to win the game with uh, run the ball, you know, play good defense, um, sort of try to win a turnover battle. Josh Allen, it's a little hard to do that because he's uh, he's making some stupid decisions at times, <laughs> throwing the ball up. But uh, yeah, I mean, if 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 Josh Allen's out, I I don't see the Bills getting enough offense to beat a team like the Titans. Um, and and you saw last week they they got AJ Brown and Corey Davis are capable of you know getting one or two big plays in there and I, you, you know run the ball at Derrick Henry twenty five times, do a play action they're cap- more than capable of hitting one deep. I think the Titans win here and I think they cover by three. Yeah, I agree with you. I think even if Josh Allen does play in this game, you're gonna see eight in the box. Uh, out of the Titans the entire time they're gonna they're gonna uh, invite the uh, the Bills to throw on them and um, yeah I, I think the Titans D will be able to dominate this game uh, Buffalo D uh, against Mariota and the Titans uh, you know will be interesting as well but um, you know this is another one I, I think it's gonna be low scoring I, I think you could see something like 16 to 10 uh, in those range Um I, I think it'll be a close game, probably a one-score game, but uh, I, I do like the Titans to win here. They're getting Taylor Lewan back, too, this week. That's big, true. Big, yeah, big that'll addition. help the running game. Big, big addition. Um, I, I'm on the Titans. I'm not as convinced as you guys 
are. Um, if if Josh Allen plays, if Josh Allen plays, I could I could see him um, being able to pull off the upset here, um, or at least have the chance to pull off the upset. Um, but I, I I'm I'm saying Titans on this one again. Thirty-eight and a half points is not a lot, but when you got two top defenses in the league with offensive, especially if Matt Barkley's the guy starting, they're going to be two questionable offenses, and yeah, that that should be a pretty easy under. Uh, the only thing I could see it going over is if defensive turnovers that that tight Titans just pick off Barkley quite a few times, which I, honestly I could see just Barkley being more like game manager than trying to risk any throws yeah i mean for me guys josh allen was out before he hit the ground when he hit that he took that hit last week i that was that was bad i have a hard time thinking did that get flagged a hit i'm trying to remember i i I think it did yeah i think it did but regardless yeah i i have a hard time thinking he's gonna play in this game um I, I think if you can jump on this Titans line right now, um, I, I, I think it's wise to do so because, yeah, if if, if it's the Matt Barkley show for the Bills, <laughs> I don't think there's any chance that they're going to be able to get within three points of the Titans here. Yeah, I don't think the Bills will get double digits. No, no. Okay, guys, uh, next game here, we've got a divisional matchup. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens head to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers, apparently led by Jalen Samuels now. Uh, Steelers are three-and-a-half-point dogs at home. Uh, Adam, Mr. Raven himself, uh, why don't you lead off on this one? Uh, you know, it's a road game, three-and-a-half points. I I I think the Ravens cover here pretty big. You know, the Steelers last week looked decent, but anybody watching that game could tell that they were not a good team. Um, you know, they almost manufactured a win with that Wildcat set. You know, Bengals did not look like they were prepared for that at all. Worked very well. It's going to be a different story for the Ravens. You know, I, I think that offense has a bounce back game in terms of points. Um, I, yeah, I see. I, uh, I see this team really rolling, going into Pittsburgh and rolling. Uh, one thing I will say for the Steelers, though, Devin Bush, what a player. He, he's, he looks like a real stud out there, middle linebacker. Yeah, he had a great game on Monday night. Yes, he did. Yeah. Um, I I also, I, I just kind of flip-flopped on this one. I'm, I'm taking the Ravens, um, minus three and a half on the road here, too. I just, I have a hard time believing that the Steelers are going to be able to move the ball uh, that well. I mean, the they the only reason they were able to move the ball Monday night was because the Bengals, uh, that defense was an atrocity, and, and they had no answer for the Wildcat. Uh, like you said, uh, yeah, the Ravens, Ravens got that on film now. <laughs> They're going to have their eyes out for it. I don't think they'll be fooled by that. Um, Rudolph didn't throw the ball downfield. They no, didn't, he didn't need to. No, they're, no. they're completely one-dimensional right now, and if – I, I just I think the Ravens will be able to get one or two big plays in there and, and it'll be enough uh for them to kind of open things up on this uh Steelers team and I don't think the Steelers are gonna be able to uh come from behind. So uh I like the Ravens here. I'm gonna have to disagree with you guys. I like the Steelers money line here. Um I think the the Steeler defense is another team that's getting the week one beer goggles on them because um you just saw them get their secondary get absolutely smoked by the Patriots. But what they do 
after getting two weeks, actually, of getting smoked. They went out, got Minka Fitzpatrick, and since then, their secondary has actually been pretty solid, and that was their whole weakness. Now that Joe Hayden's able to cover their number one, and they, they don't really have that threat of that uh, wide receiver two getting behind them to get a deep ball anymore. Their run defense, as it was last year, is still really good. I think this team actually is plays very well against the Ravens. I think they could shut down this run game, which the Ravens have been leaning on for the most part, and be forcing Lamar Jackson to throw it. And I'm not as confident as you guys in him throwing the ball a whole lot. I, I think the Ravens have been moving the ball a lot on the ground, and this is also why I'm liking the under 44.5. I think this is going to be just a very stout game. I I agree that the Steelers' offense has not been looking that good, but I think against this Ravens' defense, it's not been looking good either. They could manufacture enough points to get up early and be able to control the game. Well, I think maybe the best player on that Steelers roster uh, right now, and um, with all due respect to Juju, it might be Stephon Tuitt. Uh, that guy arguably the best nose tackle in the uh, football. Um, he's going to have to have a big game and step up in a big way to kind of shut down this Ravens uh, running attack. But, you know, if, if they're able to clog up the middle, uh, I, I I see where you're coming from, and I, and I could see this being a close game. I just think, you know, it's, it's going to be one or two big plays that turns this game. I do expect it to be close. Uh, I do like the under in this game, but uh, I just think um, Steelers are going to have a hard time keeping up. Could be something like twenty to ten. A good point on the Steelers defense. I have been sleeping on them. They have played really good since they got Mika Fitzpatrick. Yep. I still, I still like the Ravens. <laughs> no, I, I think they, they just got enough offense. What much better offense than Pittsburgh? Yeah, much better. All right. Um, now uh, everybody's favorite matchup of the weekend here: the Arizona Cardinals head into the nasty natty to take Woo. on the uh, Bengals. Bengals somehow, after what they put on film uh, Monday night, are three-point favorites at home here. Um, Which coaches look more impressive? <laughs> <laughs> yikes! 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 Yeah, not not looking too hot for these young offensive minds here. Um, Robbie, why don't you lead us off? Yeah, you got two rookie head coaches coming in. One of them's hoping to get their first victory of their careers. And hopefully not a tie. Cliff's got a tie on his record. <laughs> Cliff's already knows how it's done. Hall of Fame. And this is, man, just uh, Cardinals offense. They, they've been getting little things going, but their defense hasn't been looking that great. Meanwhile, on the other side of the ball, Bengals, their defense looks like it could cover the pass pretty decently but its offense has been struggling and been looking bland and just because of how bland that Bengals offense is looking I'm looking at the Cardinals this game and at this point might as well just take a money line I think that that's pretty good value right there yeah I mean I don't feel good about betting the Bengals again but you know this offense has moved the ball this year they did not on Monday night um but I mean, they're more than capable, and especially the best remedy for you know an offense that's sort of in a rut right now is facing the Arizona Cardinals defense because they they can't stop anybody. I think Tyler Eifert's gonna have a big game. Eifert's um, definitely gonna have a big game. Yeah, I I just see I I see um you know at home Bengals sort of getting the job done, keeping keeping Kyler 
you know, just contained, maybe let up, let up, let up some yards, maybe, you know, tighten up, play some bend, but don't break defense. And I think they get the job done here at home. Do you think, uh, John Ross getting put on the IR, do you think Auden Tate's going to be able to step up? Yeah. He's, he looked like the best player on offense for them. Uh, Monday night, he was the only one that sort of showed up. Yep. Yeah. Um, I actually think these teams are pretty similar when you think about it. Um, uh, both teams just absolutely don't have an offensive line. Uh, both teams have pretty atrocious defense, uh, stud running backs, uh, decent wide receivers on the outside. Um, for me, though, when I think about this game, um, you know, I ask myself, what is the worst defense? And I, I think it's the Cardinals. Uh, that coupled with the fact that the uh, Bengals are at home, uh, not that I think that the Bengals home field advantage will be much because uh, they're going to have a hard time filling the stands. Uh, I do think it'll help them a little bit, though. Uh, I'm going Bengals. I, I don't feel great about it, but, um, yeah, I, I think they should be able to get get it done here this week. All right, uh, let's move on. Uh, we've got the Houston Texans hosting the Atlanta Falcons uh, in the Disappointment Bowl. Um <laughs> The Falcons, or I'm sorry, the Texans are five-point favorites at home. Um, guys, a couple teams that aren't really playing great football right now. Um, Adam, why don't you start us off? I mean, you're absolutely right. These are two teams that really aren't playing their best ball. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with the team that I think is better, like a better team, and I'm going with the Texans here. Um, minus five, sort of a lot. Don't feel great about that. But I, I still think you know this team has this team has too much talent not to get it right. You could probably say the same thing for the Falcons offense, but uh, you know at this point, Deshaun Watson's a better quarterback than Matt Ryan, and um, he just missed on a couple throws last week. I think he connects, and uh, he 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 didn't look that good last week, this flat out. Um, but you know he's gonna bounce back, and I like I like I like the Texans this game to cover. Yeah. Um... I'm having a hard time with this game. Um, you know, the Texans have a pretty respectable defense. Um, I just think, you know, the way the Texans have moved the ball the last few weeks, I, I have not been that impressed with it. And I'm wondering if they can really, like if five points is really... Uh, a good line for them. I, I think they're going to have a hard time covering that number. I don't expect this to be a very high-scoring game uh, by any means. Um, I just think, with that being said, you know, I, I, I think the Texans are going to win this game, but I expect it to be close. Uh, I'm feeling something more in the range of 20-17 to 17 for my money. Um, I'm going to take the Falcons here. Don't feel real great about it, though. Yeah, I think this is a get-right game for the Texans. I think they've been struggling, and they've got an opportunity at home against a pretty bad Falcons team to be able to set the ship right and get get them back on track. Um, I mean, the Texans' defense, they, they've been pr- playing pretty well, um, just not getting a lot of help from the offense. And I think the defense, they're going to be able to shut down this inept Falcons offense at the moment and um, I think Deshaun Watson is going to be able to take advantage of this Falcons team. Um, even if they just 
start working Hyde and Duke Johnson in to just get him carries. His, this run defense isn't anything special. I mean, they, they could get it going and absolutely just absolutely boat race this Falcons team. Yeah, yeah. one of the most surprising things I saw last week was the last two minutes for the Falcons. Oh, that was pathetic. They 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 pretty down down two scores just tanked it in didn't want to win the game and um for an offense that's supposed to be explosive that's that's inexcusable um so i mean five is a lot for the texans but i that team gave up last week i i feel pretty good that the texans get this get this done at home yeah you know i just i have a hard time i i could absolutely see what you're saying robbie with with the texans kind of being able to use this as a get right game and and I could see them absolutely boat racing the Falcons but um I'm going to need to see it out of the Texans first and I know you could say the same thing about the Falcons but um I I I really like the under here at 48 and a half I think um with the way both these offenses are playing right now both are struggling both offensive lines uh struggling to get much push up front um I I I like the under more than the uh the spread in this game um but yeah, probably probably a game I'm staying away from though. All right, guys, anything else to add there? Okay, nope. Uh, next, uh, we've got a pretty intriguing NFC South showdown here uh, down in the Bayou. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are heading into New Orleans to take on the Saints. The Saints are three point favorites at home. Um, Adam, start us off. Uh, do I like the? I like the Bucks here money line. Um, you know, this is a team that, you know, historically has actually played the Saints pretty close. Um, gotten some wins recently, and you know, I they were they were they were really impressive offensively against the Rams last week. I know the Saints were had just as impressive of a win, um, but I I think you're starting to see Jameis sort of feel more comfortable in the, the offense, and Bruce Arians got a great track record with QBs. I really liked what I saw last week out of that offense. Um, they had an answer for every one of the Rams' touchdowns. Uh, I think they can go in to the Superdome and uh, win. And I think they're going to try to take it at that that secondary of the Saints. And you know, whoever wins that battle is going to win this game because you know that's a good secondary crew there. But you know, I I, I trust that the playmakers on the outside for the the Bucks uh, can outplay them. Uh, I, I disagree. I think, uh, I, you know, I've seen a lot of the prognosticators, um, you know, saying that, you know, Jameis Winston, um, should be able to continue kind of his little hot streak that he's had here, uh, against the Saints. I, I disagree with that. I think the Saints, uh, defensive line is going to be able to, um, cause a lot of pressure on, uh, Jameis. I don't think the Bucks are going to be able to run the ball nearly as well as they have the last couple of weeks because, uh, yeah, that that Saints front seven is pretty solid. I I think it's gonna be tough sledding for the Bucks this week. I I think that the uh, the Saints are gonna win this one. I actually like them by double digits. I wow. think, I think they'll they'll win this one pretty handily. Uh, was real impressed with the way they played the Cowboys last week. Um, so yeah, I I like the Saints to keep it going. That's a tough place to play. I know the Bucks have gone in there and played well the last few years, but um, you know. Uh, when you think about it, kind of in isolation, Superdome's probably a top three toughest place to play in the NFL. Uh, I'll give me the Saints. Yeah, this is tough in that um, this is just just 
screams like a perfect Jameis disappointment because he had the amazing game against the Rams last week. Now he's going up against the Saints secondary that is um, lower, lower end of the league, and it looks like a great matchup for him, so I could absolutely see him just disappoint. But I still like the Buccaneers' money line. I think even if he does disappoint, he'd be able to do enough. This this Bucks front has been amazing. Yeah, they have. Um, they've recently held McCaffrey, Saquon, and Gurley to a total of 63 rushing yards in the last three weeks. That's just insane. I mean, granted, Saquon went out during that game, but Gallman didn't come in and do a whole lot of yards on the ground. And uh, Gurley still had two touchdowns on that. But um, I think that they'd be able to shut down the – give Kamara a little bit of a tough time today. I think this matches up pretty nicely for the Bucs. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, he still hasn't really shown to me that he could throw the ball deep and really challenge the secondary. So I think this plays well into the Buccaneers right here. And I could see them – I could see this being a trap for the Saints and the Buccaneers pulling up the upset here. Yeah, one of the more impressive things I saw last week was the Buccaneers O-line um, sort of neutralize the Rams' uh, pass rush with Aaron Donald, um, Clay Matthews, and Dante Fowler. They, they really couldn't get home, and um, you know it's, it's pretty impressive. And I think if you get that kind of protection with the wideouts, um, Jameis doesn't have to be perfect. Uh, he'll get enough time to make throws. So I, yeah, I could be could be a bust with the Jameis game, but uh, I'm, I'm willing to put my uh, money on the Bucks here, money line. Yeah, guys, I'll say this. Uh, if Jameis balls out against the Saints in the Superdome, um, you know, he'll have made a believer out of me. Uh, that'll that'll turn my head a bit, but um, I'm, I'm going to need to see it first. I, I, he's going to throw four picks the following week. Very understandable, <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, let's uh, move on to our next game here. We've got the Minnesota Vikings heading to New York to take on the Giants uh, in our favorite stadium, MetLife. The Giants are five-and-a-half-point dogs. Um, I'll start this one off, guys. Uh, Vikings had a rough game against the Bears in Chicago last week, but I think they rebound in a big way. I expect them to be able to return to form and run the ball uh, and, and that's really what makes this team uh, go is when they can dominate time of possession and, uh, you know, win at the line of scrimmage and run the ball effectively and then operate play action off of that. I think they're going to be able to do that at ease against this Giants defense. Um, you know, Daniel Jones going up against this uh, Vikings defense, I think he could run into some trouble here. Uh, I, I think the Vikings are able to cover this one pretty easily. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you on that one. I think this is a bounce-back game for the Vikings. Uh, Giants, they have the run defense isn't as bad as it was last year, but it's, I mean, it's still middle of the pack, and I think Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison are going to be able to dominate with the help of the Herald line and just be able to run for, for days on this team. And um, honestly, I'm... I've just got a gut feeling about this over here. I think the Vikings are going to just be able to put up a lot of points early just by running it at them. And I think Daniel Jones is going to need to try to claw back. And I I don't know exactly why. This is more like a gut shot about this over here. But I'm liking this over. Yeah, I mean, when I look at this game, the Vikings have been a pretty interesting team the last two years. uh, Minus that weird early season game against the Bills where they just got destroyed at home last year. This has been a pretty easy team to bet on. They, they, they seem to, you know, 
win the games that they're supposed to win um, and then lose the games against teams that are clearly better than them. Um, could be indicative of what kind of quarterback Kirk Cousins is. But I, I think in this game, you know, the script works. You know, they run the ball, control the clock. Giants don't have – I mean, you keep Evan Ingram uh, contained. I, I don't think Wayne Gallman's killing you out of the backfield. I, I, th- I, I see them covering five and a half here on the road pretty easily. Yep. All right. We are. Uh, seems like we're all in the Vikings with a good amount of confidence here, guys. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to look up right now exactly what Kirk Cousins' um, record against teams above 500 right now. Um, and right now he is um, as a starter in his seven-year career, uh, five and twenty-seven hey. against hey. above 500 teams. Well, the so. Giants aren't above 500, but they're not under 500. They're, this is just above 500, so okay, okay. in the clear. Okay, we're good. Okay, we're good. All right. We're good. Um, <laughs> let's move on uh, to London. Um, Robbie, you're going to be there. That I am. Uh, we've got the Bears heading over uh, to take on the Raiders, the Khalil Mack revenge game. Robbie, since you're going to be there, kick it off for us. Oh, so what do they call this? I mean, they call soccer football, so what, what do I have to call this? American football? So that's fine if you want to be uh, appropriate. Yeah. I got I to gotta, I gotta try to get in the right mindset before I go over there. But this is a this is a Bears Raiders team. Raiders are five and a half point dogs at like a quote unquote home in London at Tottenham. Um, over unders at forty points, and normally I'd be absolutely loving this. Uh, the Bears covering the spread and this under hitting if this were in Oakland or in Chicago, but something about these London games always, there's always something funky going on. I don't know if it's the jet lags that goes on or if the NFL just tells the refs they want it, maybe a little more high scoring or something, but this is a game I'm probably not touching. Um, but you're going to see Chase Daniel come out there again. Um, fun fact, we are actually at a Chase Daniel's second start last year, and that <laughs> didn't go too well. Now I'm going to Chase Daniel's second game um, this year, and I hope that I'm not the reason that he has a bad game. But, <laughs> um, yeah, what, we're going to have to see what uh, Chase Daniels has, if he, he could be able to pull anything um, against this Raiders defense. Um, this secondary is looking very suspect. It, it, teams could just throw on them all day. Um, I've, I've been seeing a lot of people calling for like David Montgomery's here, huge breakout game against Raiders, but I think they're actually kind of decent against the pass run or the run to the pass run. What am I saying? <laughs> the, against the run. Um, and that I'm a little nervous about him, but I could absolutely see him have a good day, but I I'm leaning bears minus five and a half in this guy. So what do you think? So you, you're going to be watching the rest of these on sky sports. Oh yeah, game. I'm gonna be watching <laughs> Sky Sports. Gonna find nice some pub. pub that's gonna be open late on Sunday night. I hope. Oh, that'll be fun. Oh, I gotta probably research that right now. <laughs> uh, you know what? This game, uh, I'm not feeling as as confident as uh, maybe some of the other people are. Some of the other Bears fans with this game, uh, five and a half. Some strange things happen with the London games every year. Um, you know, this Raiders offense has actually looked pretty good in general um and the case keenum you know it looked good one week but with a week to prepare uh, I'm, 
you know, you saw him struggle a little bit last year in the second game. I'm, I'm a little nervous. I still think the Bears won here. Um, but it, I think it might be a little tighter than people think. Uh, I'm taking the Bears with the points, but this isn't something I feel uh, feel very comfortable betting. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think um, I think the Bears will win, but um, I think the Raiders will give them a pretty good fight. Um, I, I'm thinking the Bears by a touchdown here, so uh, I, I'm going to take the Bears. I just think the defense is uh, going to be a little bit too much uh, on the Raiders' offense. I don't expect them to really get anything going. Um, I don't think there's... Um, really anybody on the field that the Bears can't really handle on that uh, Raiders offense. And, uh, you know, it's going to have to take a couple kind of big fluke plays, I think, for the Raiders to come out of this one with a W. Um, if the Bears don't turn the ball over, uh, that, I think that's going to be the key to the game. They should be able to cover this. Um, I, I'm taking the Bears minus 5.5. Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of Cleo Mack the Ripper out there yeah. in London. <laughs> yeah. Slicing yeah. up some David Carrs. <laughs> All right, uh, we are going to move on to our next game here. It is the uh, New York Jets heading to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Eagles are 13.5-point favorites at home, um, coming off an emotional uh, big road win last week in Green Bay. Uh, Adam, why don't you start us off here? Uh, you know, this isn't a game that I really want to be betting here. Um, you know, Jets with Luke Falk. Is not the same as Jets with Sam Darnold. Um, having said that, though, I think this Jets defense is a little bit better than what they've shown this year. And will Mosley be back? I don't think so. I think no, he's still. I don't out. think he's going to be back. Um, you know, 13, 13 and a half points is a lot, especially against a good defense. A couple of turnovers could change the game. I, I see the Jets barely covering here. I'd, I'd take the points. Um, Jets plus thirteen, but I don't feel great about it. Yeah, I I disagree. I I think um, you know as we talked about earlier, there's pretty much a very slim chance Darnold's gonna be able to uh, be able to play in this game. Uh, still not cleared for contact. Um, you know, for me, I know the Eagles haven't looked great, but the talent on that roster is legitimate. Um, they it's far better than uh, what we've seen them put out on tape thus far. Um, if anything, I think we started to see what they were truly capable of last week when they took on the Packers on the road. Um, I think uh, you know the Eagles should be able to dismantle this uh, kind of undermanned Jets team at home. I like them to cover the thirteen and a half. Yeah, I've been flip flopping on this one. Right now, I'm I'm on Jets um, just because they're they're. I think their defense could hold a little bit. I I think this Eagles secondary is very it's it's the worst in the league right now. And I I think even with Luke Falk, they're gonna be able to at least get some points on the board. And this is what this is a game I'm liking the whole over forty four, to be honest, even with Luke Falk um at quarterback. I think the Jets are gonna be able to pull up points. They got time off their bye. I mean, granted the Eagles got some time coming off that Thursday night game, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles are just like looking ahead towards the Vikings next week and just kind of not really be too concerned about the Jets at home. So I, I, I'm leaning, I'm leaning Jets to cover, but I do like this over 44. 
I mean, so the combination that you have there surprises me. Um, the the game script that I would think would be that if you like the over, that you would be on the Eagles. You really think the Jets can come out here and put up twenty plus points on the Eagles? I think they. I think they, I think they got the chance. Yeah. Yeah. Really? I mean, I I think the secondary is that bad. Really? That, yeah. It's it's honestly the worst well, in the league. It's hard too because. You know, statistically, this Eagles uh, rush defense is the best in the league. They they haven't allowed anything on the ground, and it's hard sort of to determine if that's because they're a very good front or it's because the secondary is that bad and they're just exposing them. Um, you know, I I think I think you might see uh, you might see Le'Veon Bell get involved at uh, receiving receiving the ball a little bit more than like. Uh, some of the yards are going to get rushing a ball, but I, yeah, I think they can put up 20 points and sort of hit the over and, and cover. All right, guys, we shall see. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the Eagles. Hey? I mean, with, with this line, it's Vegas is expecting 28.75 to the Eagles and 15.25 to the Jets. I think the Jets could be over 15 points, to be honest. I think they can put up a little bit of points on them. Yep. All right. Um, guys, let's uh take a look here at our next game. It's gonna be an AFC West divisional showdown. Uh, the Broncos are heading to LA to take on the Chargers. Uh, Chargers are six and a half point favorites at home. They will have Melvin Gordon out there for the first time this season in a uh, big capacity. Um, Robbie, you're the big Melvin Gordon guy. Lead us off. I am, and this is uh Chargers, not San Diego. Um, you their home there. game. They just uh, I I was there last week. Did we mention this last week? I think we did. Think that was did. that was two weeks ago. Old news. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, this this Chargers team. Um, uh, just getting back Melvin Gordon. There's a big question mark on how much is he going to be used. It seems like Austin Eckler um has kind of earned himself a role. But to me, honestly, I think this is more um, just a little coach speak before a division rival to just um, get them a, a little uh, a little confused, if you will. Um, I I honestly think that it's going to go to how the roles were last year, where it was Melvin Gordon and then Austin Eckler was kind of the change of pace guy who he did really well at that kind of role. Um, I don't think my or Mike Williams is going to be playing this game, is he? I don't believe so. I, th- I think no. he's still going to be out. So this is going to be, um, this is going to be a running heavy team. And you know what, the Broncos, their secondary is good, but their run defense hasn't been that good. And honestly, I really like the Chargers minus six and a half. I think they've got they could easily win by a touchdown, especially since the Broncos they just lost Bradley Chubb to an ACL. Um, there's reports that they're trying to send out Emmanuel Sanders and Chris Harris Jr. too. So it seems like they might be leaning towards tank mode. So I, I'm buying the Chargers mostly because of that. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you and just echo a lot of what you just shared. Um, Broncos uh, were absolutely manhandled uh, by Leonard Fournette and the Jaguars last week. Uh they that just, was a close game. They weren't manhandled. I, no, I mean, they were manhandled in the fact that the Jags were able to run the yeah. ball all over them. Um, Fair. And I, I expect the Chargers to come out with a similar game plan and just try to run the ball uh, early and often here. 
Um, I think Melvin Gordon returns in a big way, and I, I agree with you. I think Eckler is still going to have some involvement. Uh, but, you know, six and a half at home. Chargers haven't been great uh, at home since moving to L.A., but I still think, you know, this Broncos team, they're a little undermanned. Um, Chargers, Chargers should be able to cover this. I'm going to take Chargers. I mean, I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying, but I think the Chargers are maybe a week out um, from really exploding offensively. Um, I don't know who their number two receiver is going to be this week. Inman subbed in last week, but he got hurt. He's out. Yeah, that's a good, um, that's a good point. And then offensively, I mean, Eckler's been great. And, um, you know, having Melvin Gordon returns great. But, you know, I think this Broncos defense is just good enough to sort of make it an even matchup against with a lot of those guys being out. And, uh, you know, interdivision, don't feel great about it. But, I mean, the Broncos offense hasn't looked that bad this year. Um, I, I think they can you know, at least cover. I, I, I think they're going to lose, but I think they can cover six and a half points for an interdivision games a lot. I, I, I think the Broncos with the points. Okay. Um, quite possibly game of the week here, guys. Uh, Green Bay Packers heading to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Cowboys are three and a half point favorites. The over-under in this game is 46 and a half. Uh, Robbie, start us off. Yeah, this is going to be a uh, definitely. I, I would put this as game of the week right now. Um, Cowboys, um, they kind of struggled a little bit um, against the Saints last week. Um, they're probably still not going to have Michael Gallup back on the offensive side, and the Packers they they got a little Devonte Adams turf toe issue, so that's might make it a little offensive struggles on both sides of the ball and. Um, this you might see something just like the Cowboys Saints game last week. To be honest, um, I think this is going to be something where Zeke's going to have a lot of grinding the ball. We just saw the Eagles just absolutely destroy this Packers defense on the ground, and I think Zeke he's going to have a breakout game. Well, I if you want to call it a breakout game because he hasn't really had a big game yet all year. I think this is going to be it for Zeke. Um, I think they're going to just be able just going to be feeding him all day and their Cowboys are going to have their way with this Packers defense. Um, and then without Devonte Adams, I, I don't know how good this Packers team can be putting up points. We saw him struggle at the end of the last game, just trying to put out points when Adams was out. So I'd like to hear what you guys think. I mean, I'm, I'm excited for this game. seems like every time these two teams play, it's a, it's a classic. Um, you know, when I look at this game, Three and a half, uh, I think, really matters here. I think it's going to be a really tight game. Um, I don't see either team, you know, winning by more than three points. Um, so I'm, I'm taking the Packers plus three and a half. Um, you know, it is a concern with Devontae Adams being out, but um, you know, we've seen Aaron Rodgers get it done with less than adequate players on the outside. I think this defense bounces back actually more so than the offense um, really having any any impact any additional impact. Um, I, they were exposed on Thursday. I think that's um, not an indication of who they really are. I think they are really good defense. Um, I think Zeke will have a big day. I think they will try to limit the passing game and uh, l- make them try to beat beat them uh, slowly on the ground. And uh, you know it could work, uh, but I three and a half points. I'm I'm taking the Packers here. I think it's a close game. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pretty undecided on this game i think it's gonna be real close i think it's a good line set by vegas here 
Um, for me, I'm going to stick with the Cowboys. My reasoning here is, A, you got Devontae Adams being out for the pack. Um, and I think, you know, we saw last week uh, when the Packers were taking on the Eagles, Packers really sputtered on offense once Devontae Adams uh, went off the field. That uh, kind of another point there is, you know, the Eagles may have exploited something with that Packers defense last week. They were able to run the ball all over them. Um, if the Cowboys can get Zeke going, um, you know, that's just going to play in the Cowboys' hands. I know anything can happen when you got Aaron Rodgers on the other side of the ball, but I just think, um, you know, I have a hard time thinking this game isn't going to be a one-score game at the end of the day, but uh, as of right now, give me, give me the Cowboys. Was a, got a question. Was the we, we saw Thursday night Aaron Rodgers come up. I believe after a fumble, he just was holding his hand. Are we assuming that was just a stinger? Because I haven't really seen anything come out about that. Yeah, I'm not concerned about that. Yeah, I, I haven't seen anything, so I'm sure he's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Just just, just going to uh, temperature check right there. Okay. Uh, guys, anything else to add there? All right. Moving on. Sunday Night Football. We've got a rematch of the uh, divisional playoff game last year. It is the Indianapolis Colts heading into Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Uh, Arrowhead will be rocking for this one. Uh, Chiefs are 11-point favorites at home. The over-under, the highest of the day, no surprise because it involves the Chief, is at 56. Um, guys, I'm on the Chiefs here. I think, uh, you know, I know a lot's happened with both these teams. You're not going to have Tyreek Hill uh, you might have uh, Damian Williams uh, for the Chiefs this week. He is practicing, so we'll see if he's able to suit up. But um, you know, I think I think the Chiefs will be able to do enough here, uh, and, and you know should be able to um, kind of outpace this this Colts offense. It's a tough matchup for the Colts. Um, I, I just think the Chiefs offense is going to be too much at home. Yeah, for I was Colts earlier. Can I? just swung to the Chiefs. You got, yeah, if Damian Williams and Tyreek are going to be coming back, I'm not so sure Tyreek's necessarily going to be playing. Damian Williams, I think it would be likely to play. But either way, it, even in addition of any one of those guys, I think that's going to be a boost to this offense. And um, we saw this Chiefs team struggle a little bit about against the Lions last week, I mean, relatively struggle for what their supernova scoring is typically. Um, but, you know, I, I think they could definitely out, outlast the the Colts here. And, yeah, that, that's, that's a lot of points. But I think two scores is definitely possible for the Chiefs here. I like At, supernova scoring. You do. I like that. <laughs> that is fun. Uh, you know, when I look at this game, the Colts, uh, they're probably going to be out their two best players. And uh, you saw last week, did not look good against the Raiders. Um, yeah, we don't, defense doesn't have Darius Leonard. And offense uh, doesn't have T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> Looked like a different team out there than they uh, did the first two weeks. So, yeah, I'm, I don't expect those guys to play, and uh, for that reason, I'm taking Chiefs at home, minus 11. I just have too much superpower offense, firepower there, or whatever. Supernova. <laughs> Supernova. <laughs> no, I, I, I like the Chiefs here, minus 11. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, you know, for as good as these Sunday night football games typically are, I'm having a hard time believing that, um, you know, we're going to have a nail-biter on this one. 
All right, uh, Monday Night Football. Now, this game I am actually very intrigued by. Uh, the Cleveland Browns heading out west to take on the Niners. Uh, Niners are actually four-point favorites at home, uh, coming off the bye. Uh, guys, um, this one's this one's a tricky one for me, but Adam, it looks like you got a strong opinion. Uh, I just have a tough time buying into the 49ers. And I'm not necessarily a huge Browns believer this year. Uh, but, you know, I don't think they've played the best competition thus far. I know they uh, beat beat the Bucks week one, but that was that was a really fluky game. I don't think they've had a true test yet. And, um, you know, you might see this game, some of the Jimmy G uh, mishaps that really haven't bit them in the first couple of games. Uh, I think they, they might come out here primetime and they, they uh, lose the turnover battle. I see the Browns um, having enough. I think 49ers, 49ers front's really good, but I think that, um, you know, the playmakers on the outside can beat up the secondary. And I think Baker has a big, big game here, and I, I think they get it done. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm on the Browns as well. I, you know, I could see the Browns winning this one outright. What I can't see is uh, the Niners running away with this game at all. Uh, I think it'll be a defensive battle for the most part. But the Niners getting four points here uh, against the Browns. I I don't like it. I think uh, you know the Browns should be able to cover plus four. Um, so I'm on the Browns. Yeah, I don't like it, but I'm leaning towards the Niners. Uh, Opposite of you guys, um, yeah, four points seems like a lot of points. He's seen sort of evenly matched teams, but this Niners team, I don't know what to think about. They've been surprising me all year so far, so I I think I got to got to lean on that. Um, I I gotta imagine this 49ers front is gonna give Chubb a little bit of a tough time, and I'm not so sure I'm as confident in Baker throwing it as you guys. Um, so I'm I'm going Niners here. All right. Anything else to add there, guys? Nope. All right. So with that, we will get into our uh, podcast parlay. So looking at this, guys, obviously we're feeling pretty strong about the Rams. We all like a money line. Um, we all believe in the Patriots this week to uh, cover the 15 against the Redskins. And then we were all pretty confident about the Vikings here, uh, rebounding in a big way against the Giants. So... Uh, interesting enough, we got three road teams uh, in this one. But uh, Last week was a good week for road teams. That's right. That's right. So um, we're going to try and bounce back this week with uh, with the Rams, Moneyline, Patriots, and Vikings. Um, with that, guys, why don't we get to our locks? Um, Robbie, why don't you start? Don't tell me you guys have never gotten the lead out. God, we gotta we got to do better on these locks, guys. I mean, yeah. this is... I don't know what's happening. I'm feeling the pressure. Yeah, I'm, I'm, on, I'm, I'm on, on a, a, <laughs> a two-game win streak there. You are on two-game win streak. Um, that's a heater. <laughs> that's a heater for us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start it off with the Packers-Cowboys under 46.5. Um, I just think these two offensive lo- lost some key players. I think this is going to be a team that's um, just a, or a game where it's kind of a grinder. Um, I think you, you'd go in, expect this. Um, honestly, when I first saw this line, I, I thought, oh, 46 and a half, that's a pretty fair price. But then I remembered Devontae Adams and I had to go back and double check this. And I, I don't think the Packers are going to be, um, doing it, being able to put up as many points without him. So I, I'm really liking the under on this one. Okay. 
Adam, what do you have? Uh, I'm liking the Chiefs minus 11 here on Sunday Night Football. I think the game's going to be pretty reminiscent of what that divisional game was where the Chiefs you know, sort of jumped out to a good lead. And, and you know, the, the good Colts running games uh, doesn't really uh, – I mean, it's hard to run the ball when you're down. And uh, I just don't think that they can keep up with the Chiefs. Uh, the place will be rocking. Arrowhead will be rocking. I think Chiefs win by two scores or more. Yeah, for me, I uh, I like – the Buccaneers Saints under in this one. I expect uh, you know, the uh the dome's gonna be rocking for the Saints. Fans are gonna be going wild. Uh big divisional game. I know the Buccaneers are coming off a great win against the Rams, but I expect the Saints to be able to run the ball effectively, kinda control the ball on the ground, and they're gonna continue to play great defense. That's really become what the identity of this team is. You know, I expect a ball control type game out of the Saints. Um, I trust them to do enough uh, on their side of the ball to uh, you know keep the Buccaneers in check on offense. I like the under here at forty-seven. Seems a little high. All right, Adam. Um, before we head out of here, why don't you get us uh, the power parlay? Okay. Uh, just going back to the podcast parlay. Um, you know, last week we were down a hundred. Uh, it puts us at. Plus 140 on the year, so we're still still in a carrier. Uh, just Ooh. just for uh, reminders, we for the power parlay, we do $25 on each game and then a $25 parlay of all three. Um, but for my power parlay of the week, I'm going Rams money line. I think we all can agree on that one. I like the Chiefs, I like the Patriots, and I like the Ravens uh, for the 14 parlay. Nice, nice. Okay, guys, um, before we head out of here, let's hit up with an on the clock. Yeah, let's let's do that. Um, yeah. Let's, let's the hope drop I can at? find the drop oh, somewhere. No. All right, guys. Um, pretty simple one for you guys here, but you know, maybe you can read a lot into this. I'm wondering, you know, as you're enjoying a nice cold beverage, cans or bottles? Uh, that's I. I prefer bottles. Yeah. I. I, I mean, it's uh. It it just feels right to me. I, I don't know what it is. Um, you got anything on this side? Like I, I really got. I think I got the bo- bottles really. are a little bit more smooth. It's where you see like the, the Mexican sodas in the bottles. I think it's a little bit more authentic. Uh, Mexican yeah. Coke is amazing and a hundred times better than regular Coke. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's got to go bottles. It has nothing here. to do with that. It's made differently, but <laughs> it's in the bottle. <laughs> I feel like the most fun sporting events are the ones where like the bottles get thrown on the field. So that's why I always send the league bottles. You know, you get the most fun there. Like, you know, Big Ben getting bottles thrown at him as he's on the cart leaving uh, you know, that, that playoff game in Cincinnati. Like, you know, that's you know, Browns fans have been notorious for throwing bottles on the field. Yeah. I mean, like you, you know, there's a reason why they ban those at, at uh sporting events. So, you know, keep the bottles going. Like don't don't be hating on the bottles. I I'm on bottles too. All right, uh, guys, that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Uh, thanks for tuning in to another episode. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter. Uh, you know, talk at us. Let us know how you feel. Uh, rate and review us on uh, iTunes or uh, whatever app uh, you're listening to us on. Uh, really appreciate you getting your feedback. But until next time, guys, uh, take care. Good luck this weekend.